Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you as always today. You as well, man. Sporting new digs here. We got, we're trying to figure out some merch for all the people clamoring for it out there. Um, Live eyes up on the sweatshirt. I love it. Um, We're just, it's, it is, it's great to see you. I feel like we're both really busy and we don't connect nearly as often as we have in the past or as we should even. Um, How you been, man? Pretty good. I love that you connected, you, you brought forward the, the new gear. It is coming. Um, I think we've told a few people about it. And like you said, I don't know about clamoring, but I think there's certainly some people out there looking forward to it. If you want to see a sneak preview, check out our YouTube page. You can see the video. I'm wearing the new sweatshirt, still working out some design stuff like Jamie said, but Jamie, uh, as always, we have a great episode today. Raina Rose, she's an author, a speaker, a coach. She's got her own TV show on uh, Roku TV. Goes by the sole nutritionist. And and that may sound off-putting or foreign to some people. Just the, the word soul, we talked about this before we came on, kind of has this ambi- ambiguous meaning. Like, what what is that? How do I feel about that? But tell us a little bit about kind of what we get into today and and what that looks like. I really do love this idea of soul nutrition, right? We, we have this sense of what we're putting into our mouth is like for food fills us up and gives us the capacity to be nutritious or to be a nutritious, whatever it might be. We, we have good nutrition, poor nutrition when it comes to what we eat, but how do we do that when it comes to filling up what she talks about as our soul? I think we call it mindset, right? What, what are we seeing? What is our perspective? How are we shaping our lives? with the different inputs that we're getting and how do we take control of some of those things, even in challenge? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, uh, you'll certainly get all of that perspective from Raina today. And, and she's got some, some cool examples and stories and tools that we can use to, to find kind of what is a healthy input for us and, and what, what should we be doing, um, in some of those situations. So hope you enjoy it. Share it, rate, review, as always. Check it out. Raina Rose. Raina, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's our pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. So you describe yourself as the sole nutritionist, which could mean a lot of different things. So tell us a little bit about kind of how you came to that and what exactly that is that you do? Sure. I, so a couple of years ago, I started working on this book that is finally out. It just released and it's actually free for the next couple of days. Um, But it was called, and so it was kind of one of those download moments. I was actually in my like prayerful meditation and it was like, write this book. The name's going to be called Sin Tastes Good. And I'm sitting there going, "Uh, are you sure? That doesn't sound like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a very appealing ti- name. Yeah. And that title could go a lot of different ways too. So <laughs> absolutely. And especially because the target market is probably Christians, although um, seekers can really flock to this as well, because there's a lot in there that is really about finding 
depth in God, whether you're already have a really strong relationship or you're really going, you know, I used to, I kind of got turned off by some things and I need a different path. It's really about finding it within yourself. And so when I had this sort of epiphany of, okay, write this book called Sin Tastes Good. It was, um, I was hearing a bunch of people kind of complaining about things in their life and they were complaining about things that they caused. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was thinking if you sat on the sofa and ate pizza and ice cream every single night and never exercised, you would not be surprised when you were heavy and lethargic and you couldn't do the activities that you wanted to do. We, we understand our body. We know that that's going to happen. Yet with our souls, we feed it jealousy and gossip and uh, pity parties and all kinds of things. And then wonder why we feel apathetic and anxious and a little depressed about things. Um, and so, but we wonder why. Like we don't put the correlation there like we would with pizza and ice cream every night um, when we're sitting and, and all we do is complain and then we wonder why our life is bad. We seem to not make that correlation. And so I realized though, part of the reason that we would eat pizza and ice cream or complain is because it tastes good at the moment, right? Whenever I tell people like, what do you think about pizza? I go, yeah, right? <laughs> and then I, how do you feel 20 minutes later? right? And so um, the same is true with maybe your thing is gossip, right? In the minute you're like, yeah, this person's that and da, 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 da. But you might walk away and go, you know, I hope nobody repeats that. Uh, I feel sort of bad that I said that about that person and it feels bad after. And so um, the whole book and a lot of what I do, I have a a show on Roku and Amazon uh, Fire Stick called Soul Nutrition. And um, it's all about really what nourishes the soul. You know, when we do feed our soul the fruits of the spirit, for instance, and that was my first episode of Soul Nutrition was, these are the fruits of the spirit. You know, when you're living a loving, joyful, peaceful, patient life, you're going to have good results. Um, Sure, we're still going to have bad things happen. Um, And I talk about in the book, you know, sin meaning to miss the mark. And we can all admit without piling guilt and shame on top of ourselves that we miss the mark in some area or another. And I think when we take the guilt and shame off, um, sure, we can feel like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But when we say, okay, if we're thinking of an archery field and hitting the mark and we totally miss, but when we veered off to the right, we just say, okay, I just need to aim a little bit more left and I'll probably at least hit the target. And then, then maybe I'll keep refining and one day I'll hit the bullseye. And I really believe the bullseye in our life is that like narrow road Jesus talks about. I think that's more for life than anything that very few of us will find love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in life now here, this like salvation here and now. And when we do, we can live kind of like David said in the scriptures, like, in his courts all the time. And I, I call that heaven on earth, you know, and it's still stuff's going to happen. We're still going to mourn. We're still going to have, but more often we're hitting that mark and living heaven on earth. But when we put guilt and shame, I feel like we go, Oh, I stink at this. And we walk off the field and stop trying. And I think that's such a, a meaningful point is we talk all the time because we're a mindset company, right? We want to, 
we want to change the way that we think. And this is exactly what you're talking about, but feeding your soul, right? When you, the inputs that you put in, and I'll get to a question about that in a little bit, I, I have some real curiosity about some things that you might have to, to suggest to our audience and to me personally about how do we do this better, more consistently. But I think it's so true that when we miss that mark, we pile on, we say, I'm not good at this. So I'm going to stop trying. You know, I'm going to stop giving effort towards this thing because I've missed the mark so consistently. And we talk yeah. all the time about just reevaluate, reevaluate, and then point it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that, that challenge is, is hard. And I'll give you a little story about this last summer, 2019, prior to COVID, we were in Italy for uh, eight days, my wife and I, and kind of a, a pre, a baby moon, we were pre baby. And so we, uh, we spent eight days eating like Italians right? We don't, we don't, we don't eat like Italians, right? We, uh, and so it was pasta and pizza and bread and focaccia and like just this incredible array of food that we were like heaven on earth right here, man. This food <laughs> I'm getting a stomachache just thinking right? of it too. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, after three or four or five days, you're like, I feel miserable. And like, I'm just heavy. And I mean, we were hiking and we were out on the water and doing some really cool things also, but at the same time, you know, like night seven, we're like, we need to go eat some sushi, something light and just <laughs> different. Or like we did, I mean, we were in Milan and we went to, you know, Mexican food, like just something different, you know, just something different. Yeah, because it had salad in there and it's hard to find a like decent salad in Europe. Sometimes, you know, it's like yeah. this little uh, arugula with nothing else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, rocket salad. Um, rocket, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, this is this, yes, we're in this amazing place and we're in Cinque Terre and it's beautiful, right? We're on the Mediterranean and it's great. And then you kind of start to feel this overwhelm of the things we're putting in are not good. And it's, we're in control of that. We have a choice to go and do something different today so that we feel better tonight or tomorrow or whatever it might be. And we can blame ourselves and we can just keep pity partying piling on and say, I'm right. eat this thing. Cause I don't, I'm not aware of it, but once you become aware of it, you can take action and change it. And so, um, to me, I just think that's so important and powerful to say you can choose. And that's true of the stuff we physically put in our bodies, but it's also true of the inputs we put into our bodies. And, um, how do we do better, right? Like that's what we're about. We want to get better. How do we do better about controlling the inputs that we have? and maybe creating a recipe for that in our lives. Yeah. So one thing that you just brought up is you were with your wife and you were in a certain environment. So there's a whole section in the book about our environment and our life, right? And there's been so much um, research on willpower that we we all have a finite amount. And once it is exhausted, we start to make really poor choices. And part of that is if we have to use the willpower more and more and more, it's going to get depleted. I'm not sure if you've heard of certain um, executives and things, they wear the same outfit every day, or, you know, variations of that same outfit every day. So they don't have to make the choice of what they need to wear. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, I love all my clothes. However, you know, to make good choices, you want to put yourself in a good environment. So of course, if you're on a baby moon in Italy, making great food choices is maybe not going to happen. Um, and to be walking aware of that. But the other thing is who you spend time with. And you and your wife are obviously both conscious enough to say, 
you know what, we feel heavy. We want to go get some food that isn't so uh, carb laden <laughs> and, um, and we're going to, we're going to hike and do active things while we're eating all of this food. And so the environments we place ourselves in and the people we spend time with, and we read this, it's funny, I teach a business class um, to orphans in Russia every year, and they'll tell you the thing I tell them the most is two things, learn English and read Proverbs, because <laughs> Proverbs will tell you everything you need to know about business, <laughs> including who you spend time with, having fair, uh, you know, weight, you know, scales and all these kind of things. And so that environment, so you had yourself around someone who has the same values as you do, yet you were in a place that is going to be very tempting. And um, so, you know, you weigh that out. But if, when we put ourselves in the right environments with the right people, that helps us to make much better choices. Uh, Jim Rohn, I think, says the same thing. You're the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. And it's, it's very true. I mean, in fact, I put some of the research in the book. Um, we are the weight of our five friends collectively, the income of our five top friends collectively. Um, just about everything we can say, who do you spend the top five people and your income weight choices are going to be about the median of those five. So what, what happens when we, sorry, what happens when we find ourselves in this world right now where we can't control the circumstance, we can't control some of the stuff going on outside of our lives. The environment is dictated to us in some degree. How do we take control? Hold on before. Uh, sorry, I'll let you answer sure. that, Randa. But but I was just going to say, actually, the opposite of that a little bit, Jamie, is that and and what Raina I got from what you just said is we always have choices. And, and, and that's and, exactly what I was going to answer. So go for it. You'll say it better funny, than I will anyway. So I was um, talking with a friend on his show the other day about um, you know everything that's going on right now, and what my book is mostly about really is connecting with God, self and others really connection, because that's what we crave as humans is connection. Everything we do is to be connected. And so the kind of ironic part about my biggest recommendation for connection is spending alone time with God. And so in silence, and when we look at the research of what silence does on the brain and how it actually grows parts of our brains that make us more peaceful and less anxious, um, when we go into silence and the way I recommend people to do this, and again, we can't maybe leave our immediate environment right now. I'm lucky enough to be up in the woods half the time. And when I'm in the woods, I go sit on this rock and in the trees in silence, I bring a journal and for people who are just starting, I say every time something comes up in your mind, like I've got to go get groceries later, just write it down, like let it get out because otherwise you're going to be like, groceries, 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 <laughs> the whole time you're trying to be silent because most of us haven't practiced intentional silence since time out as a kid. And we have all kinds of bad associations with that. However, um, how, whatever we call God, you know, that divine intelligence comes as a still small voice, not a booming thundercloud. And so that divine intelligence, which I believe uh, you know, if we look at a lot of the ancient stories, like the Bible creation story that God breathes his breath into this clay figure, you know, and makes it this mysterious human divine creature, we all have breath inside of us of, of divine consciousness. So when we can tap into that breath and we can listen and we let all the things go. And I always say like, God, please let only your voice come in right now. Like, don't let it be my societal conditioning or any other thing to, to come into this time. 
So that way, when ideas come up, once the minutia of the groceries and the tasks that I need to do clear, this silence, and sometimes nothing happens and that's okay. But sometimes a really great business idea comes up, uh, a solution for a family problem that's been going on that no one's been able to figure out just suddenly rises up from this place within. And so to me right now, we have all this time for self-reflection. We can pick up our phones and surf Instagram all day. We can binge watch Netflix. We can dive into our work like more than necessary and just be busy for the sake of being busy. Or, and, and, or we can take the time to sit in silence and allow that divine consciousness that's within every person to begin to speak. And I, so I think this idea of silence is incredibly powerful. As a mental health therapist, I use it all the time with mm. my clients when they, they come and they want me to fix their problems or tell them what to do. And I tell them like, that's not my role. And, and especially with kids, but it's like, if I just sit in silence after I ask a question and I don't rescue them mm -hmm. in some way, the thought the, the communication is going to come. And part of that is just being uncomfortable with it. And like, then they're going to say something. But yeah. I think at the same time, we're, we are so used to having other stimuli, whether it be music or the TV or mm -hmm. whatever it is, even driving to me in silence is something that I've used personally, where it's like, if I'm, if I'm going home from work or when I was coaching after a game, it's like, I just have to shut everything off. And then you, you, it's amazing what you start to feel and think and, and the things that you get to kind of wrestle with in that time. And I guess for me, I guess the por the point I wanted to make is it doesn't always have to be go and sit on a rock, Yeah. right? It, it, it can be driving. It could be going for a walk, but without your headphones, you know, uh -huh. whatever it is, but it's, it's get alone without some of that external noise. You know, I, I used to do some semi-professional music and my best songs would come when I was just driving with silence. And it's funny because being a musician, people are like, what kind of music do you listen to in the car? And I'm like, usually none. Usually that's my time to create. And, you know, if you have a little voice recorder button on your phone, you can get that down. And same with, you know, if someone wants to kind of just record their thoughts, just hit the voice recorder button, you know, cause you won't be able to journal while driving I hope. And, uh, but I do the same thing. You know, I'm actually in Los Angeles half of the time and in a little tiny condo where, you know, like sometimes I'll do like the sensory deprivation and get in the closet and like literally pray in the closet. But other times I've like walked over to, there's like some mansions kind of within walking distance and they'll have a side yard that it's sort of part of their front yard. And I'll just sit on the grass just to kind of connect with the earth. And I have my journal, people are walking by on the sidewalk and I'm just having my time <laughs> because we, you're right. We don't always have this beautiful scenery to go walk in. And um, I definitely, I used to travel the world for a living and, you know, you have to find what works for you in each and in, in whatever environment you have. Um, but I would really suggest, like you said, take the headphones out. I turn my phone on airplane so mm -hmm. that um, I'm at least a lot less tempted to Google something, to check what someone said, or, you know, and you can use your notepad on your phone. Like if you want to make a note, 
text so-and-so, write them. But don't do it right then, I would suggest. Allow um, that distraction to pop up and then come back to that listening. Well, even in your in the summary for Sin Tastes Good, right? You talk about being filled up like legitimately in an empty calorie world, right? This yes. empty calories just makes so much sense to me. The music in the headphones, what we're doing right now, a podcast sometimes is empty calories, right? Yeah. What, what, like just, there's so many things that we use for distractions that are empty calories that fill us up for a time that give us a little bit of distraction that then we have to crave and uh -huh. seek out again, very, very soon, instead of being filled and that's what you're talking about, right? This yeah. silence, this connection to something greater than ourselves, this connection to the deep divine, the soul, right? Because mm -hmm. it talks about the soul as a wellspring of life. This thing gives us life. This deep that's down right. bubbling up of who we are comes from these moments of fullness, of abundance you talk yes. about, right? That, that are given to us through like meaningful practice, meaningful practices like silence, like meditation, like journaling, like connection to other yes. human beings. These are the yes. places that serve and fill our hearts and our souls and our bodies to a place where now we are better. And you've talked about it. The thing that serves connection is getting alone a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, why? Because we get filled up and now we can give away again, right? Sometimes we got to yes. recharge so we can give. And that's, you know, it, that is a difficult time about right now. And that's why I told you uh, right before we started, you know, some people have asked me to start this course that's really on connection, connection with God, connection with self, connection with other people, um, especially in this time. But you made me think about when you're kind of empty or longing because you haven't had connection. I um, moved to South America years ago and I knew no Spanish yet. I knew it by the time I left, but I didn't know it when I got there. And anytime I would meet an English speaker, I would just be like, oh, and I just like say everything I haven't been able to say for the last few months, you know, and I wouldn't listen that much because I just needed to talk so badly um, because it wasn't getting that filled. You know, I wasn't getting genuine conversation filled very often. And so um, then when I got a chance, I really had this very one-sided conversation that was all about me just trying to talk because I hadn't been able to for several months. And so that's the same with our souls. You know, if we're not filling up with things that fill our soul with the, the true nourishing calories of the soul, which like I said, that's those fruits of the spirit, it's connection, it's prayer, however that takes shape for someone. And I talk about different forms of prayer in the book. Um, I always say I used to pray by giving God a laundry list of my problems and then telling him how to fix them, <laughs> which is always interesting. Um, but now that silent prayer. So this silent time is often also a time of prayer for me where I'll still, maybe if I'm journaling, I'll write it or I'll, or I'll just say it in my mind, but I'm listening to those answers, listening to the solutions rather than explaining to God how he should solve my problems. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, go ahead. You have this idea, and I, this is a little bit of a transition, I guess, but this idea of running versus it's was, resting. It's where right? I was going anyway, so go for it. <laughs> this idea of running versus resting, and, and some people love the running, 
some people love the, I got to bounce to this and this and this hairs on fire. Everything's keeping me active. And I don't want to sit because if I sit, I have to maybe sit alone with some of the fears and the anxiousness and the, the bad stuff I've been filling my life with. And I got to mm-hmm. look at that. And I struggled with that for a time, right? I struggle with, I want to be busy. I want to be active. So I don't have to face this other stuff. Oh yeah. Right? I think most people do. Yeah. And then other people really love the rest, right? They want that restful. I, I don't want to have to go. I, I don't like the running phase because it's hard and it's challenging. It's uncomfortable for me. Like we have different discomforts in these different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. My question for you, because I think we know when we're in the middle of running and we know when we're in the middle of resting, but how do we identify these moments that signal this period's about to change. How do we start to feel that difference between, you know, in our souls and our persons, like deep down, this thing, mm-hmm. this season's about to change and I need to prepare for it. And maybe not only how do we feel it, but how do we start to get ready for that new season of life? Wow. You know, I think that takes a lot of practice and maturity and that the, definitely the silent listening is help for that. So when I first started um, practicing hot yoga, I would go to like, hot yoga class. And at first I just thought like, Oh, this is a great exercise. But you know, when they would tell you dedicate your practice, I would always dedicate it to God in some way, you know? And so, um, but I would notice in yoga, cause it was my first, uh, touch of like what meditation kind of looked like, even though it was a moving meditation, I would notice that there were certain poses I could hold, um, that were balancing poses almost all the time. But when my life began to get out of balance, I would start falling out of those poses that I didn't normally fall out of. Um, and I'll tell you this story. So I was really smart and got married at 20. Um, not so smart. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, then I was divorced by 23. And I remember my dog had had nine puppies in a two bedroom condo. We're getting a divorce. A, A grandma had died. A whole bunch of things had happened at once. And my hair was falling out. My skin was breaking out. And I went to the doctor and they said, are you stressed? And I said, no, Right, because I had no um, way to identify my emotions. Um, there's a really great app, actually. I want to plug. I have uh, no affiliation with them, but I use it all the time. It's called Happy Not Perfect, hmm. and what it does is the very beginning it gives you a whole bunch of adjectives to describe how you're feeling, from magical to maybe spiraling. Um, you know, and this also helps you to identify if you're just like starting to get into spiraling rather than being in full spiral before you recognize this, right? And so you choose from this three page list of ways that you could be feeling. And um, I'm sure John, that you've probably used this in your practice where just getting people to identify what they're feeling. Cause most people, and I would say, especially men, you're allowed to feel happy or angry, right? You're not really in our culture allowed to feel this spectrum of emotion between happy and angry. So sad turns to angry, um, fear turns to angry, frustration. It's all angry, right? Um, So if you're able to go and identify, I'm actually feeling a bit fearful right now. I'm feeling a little insecure. I'm feeling, you know, all this spectrum of emotion between happy and angry. um, It helps you to identify when you're starting to go to these different parts of the spectrum. And this can also help us with the running and resting phases. Um, So that app is super helpful. It also takes you through some breathing exercises. You can extend how long you go through the meditation breathing time. And there's, there's different journaling and stuff all within that little app. So completely recommend that. Um, And then also 
as we get more conscious, so as we begin to identify what we're feeling, where we're going, and we're praying, however that looks for an individual, you're going to start to notice. And I was telling you too, before the show, you know, I am doing this book thing. I feel that God put this on my heart years ago and has been developing it throughout about three years now. It's finally out. And the problem is, uh, 2% of authors or less actually make any money off of <laughs> writing books, you know? And so I, uh, quit, uh, well, I got, I ended my aviation job, uh, about a year and a half ago. I had saved quite a lot of money, so I knew I would be fine for several years, but it's still like starting to wane down, you know? And I'm like, okay, God, you know, I think I'll just step back into aviation for a while. I'll do this on the side. And I was in this practice called Lexio Divina, which is a prayerful reading of scripture. And we were actually reading in Matthew. And in Matthew, though, it was that verse about um, no Jonah, like you seek a Jonah or something like that. I can't think of the exact verse anymore, but I felt very strongly on my heart. Like you go do the book I called you to do and bring this to as many people as you can, or you're going to end up in the belly of a whale. And all these aviation doors will keep shutting on you until you've done the thing that I called you to do. And so that was something where like, I wanted to go back into this safe, profitable uh, industry. And I may at some point, and that's not closed, but I am called to go do this other thing in this running phase. So I've been a little bit in resting for a while as mm. this book has been in development, the editing stages. Um, I still started a TV show and a summit and all these other things. It's funny. I'm like, I'm resting. I'm doing like two TV shows and a summit. <laughs> so I'm... <laughs> what were you going to say, John? No, it, it just looks differently for everybody though, right? It I does. mean, the running and the resting is a spectrum for everybody because mm. your resting might be start a TV show, write another book, do all these things. And then the running, I don't, I can't imagine what that is for you because for me, that is like terrifying if that's the rest version, but, <laughs> but you have to know what it, what it is for you, right? But John, and, for you, resting sometimes is refinishing a bathroom like, totally you know, like that's restful for you and it might not be for you know and that's just totally. something i know because we're close but like that is different and unique to each person and i'm i don't know reyna i can't imagine maybe you lo- want to refinish a bathroom that would be great um but like that, <laughs> that demo would not be phase, resting for me <laughs> yeah like that's high stress for me too right you yeah. know i've redone it in two entire condos before so like yeah. the idea of refinishing stuff is like whew, that's not yeah, rest. i think I think the other thing that you touched on is, is this concept of just listening to what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. We were just this last weekend, we, we took a hot air balloon ride, um, in, in the mountains and the, the pilot actually, he said, he's like, he was telling us how it works and kind of how he navigates, how he steers those sorts of things. But ultimately he said, you go where the wind takes you because mm-hmm. there's only so much that you can control. Uh-huh. And, then, and then he also said, if you, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. That's right. right. <laughs> like, and, and he was using that in terms of the balloon, like, well, yeah, we might want to go to this certain place, but on this day, it might not be even possible because we can't climb to the right elevation. We can't get there whatever the wind is wrong. And, and it's a little bit interesting. I'd never, this first time in a hot air balloon, but they basically just go and then they land wherever they they have to, in some regards, like they find a place that's safe to land. Yeah. And then they talk to the homeowner and they're like, Hey, can we land in your backyard? And they, most <laughs> of the time people are like, yeah, that's cool. 
that would be cool. I want to, but that just that concept of, you know, allowing the circumstances, but you can't get to that unless you are practicing some of these things where you acknowledge that you have choices that you engage in that kind of intentional silence that you talked about before. And then that's when you start to feel, okay, what is it for me that I'm supposed to be doing for you right now? It's writing the book right? For other people. Or promoting you know, it finally. Or promoting yeah. it. You, yeah. You've already written. I'm glad you touched on that because one thing that um, I, I did change just a little bit in the book, but the main thing about the book is if you like boxed up answers that have a nice little bow on them, and this is what you should do, this is not the book for you. <laughs> because as you said, it's different for everyone. I cannot say that your rest needs to look like this. I can suggest some ways to find what your rest needs to look like and what your running needs to look like. But ultimately, every, at the end of every section, actually, there's a section called food for thought. And it's simply questions to ask yourself so that you start coming up with the answers. And just like you said, John, in, in your practice, you're not supposed to answer these things for people. And another thing I just want to touch on, I think Jamie, you had mentioned it, is that, you know, when you haven't gone deep into this stuff before and suddenly you're exploring it sometimes and everything in here is, is um, related to either food or exercise. I started out life as a personal trainer and a Pilates instructor for like 11 years. So I always go back to that. And um, so I have a section called soul trainer and um the thing is, if we have stuffed our emotions for 30, 40, 50 years, if we have had to stay on, on the top of positivity and not ever go below the surface because it's just too scary, well, exploring these emotions may be even dangerous for us. And this is where we need to seek a professional who can help us really open Pandora's box safely and then put it back in, you know, shut before we leave the session. <laughs> because, um, you know, if we've just had some traumas that we've just never dealt with and they've sat there for decades. Um, there's all kinds of things that, these are really great practices. And if it's something that is causing more anxiety, depression, whatever, seek a professional to help you through this. And I have um, several therapists and coaches who came in and um, in the book, they suggest how to choose one. Mm. And, um, and I talk about my experiences of choosing professionals to help uh, along the way too, because even a mentor, even a really good friend. And those are great people. And it talks about connecting with those people too. Sometimes they don't have the tools that you're going to need to safely open that box. And I, we deal with sports a lot and we work with teams and, and these sort of things. And the same thing is true. We seek coaches that are beyond our experience level, that That's are right. beyond our skill level to lead us through the next step. And sometimes, right, a peer is where we are currently. They're not at that next level. And so by all means, seek help. We had another, you know, we had a physician on one of our first episodes and he just said, you know, my friend is not my therapist. My wife is not my therapist. Like if we need help, go get help. It takes courage, but it's going to right the ship for you longer term because they know how and like having those tools available that you put in the book are just is just huge and um you said you're doing a promotion with the course before we got on you want to explain that promotion oh, how sure. people might access that i want to touch on that one more thing just going back sure. to the physical too you know like if we had a knee surgery recently you know or, or like a really traumatic knee yeah. problem you need to go to a physical therapist 
-hmm. like a trainer's good for when you want to like build your strength. But if you just had a really bad injury, you need to go to a very specific person. And, And that's where in the book, it talks about like a mentor might be okay here and a therapist or really trained coach might be really necessary here. So yeah, let me talk about the co- the course too. So some people when finishing the book, they're like, this is so amazing. And now, especially because like I said, I don't give you any answers. You really have to start opening that box and seeking the answers yourself. And so um, this is not therapy. It is um, more of a coaching three-week course um, that you'll do alongside other people because it's all about connection. And the first week, oh, and um, I'll tell you about the promotion for that. In a second. So the first week is all about connecting with your source um, and really getting present. So we'll do exercises um, and it's just short little things every day, like a 10 to 15 minutes exercise. And then we meet as a group once a week and um, on Zoom. So it'll be like, you know, go outside and notice shapes, go outside and notice colors. And it, each day it'll have something different and then you put it all together and you'll realize how present you become. It says, if everything went from black and white to technicolor and you're fully there. You no longer have the times where someone asks you what you had for lunch and you have to think about it because you weren't present enough while you were doing it, right? Um, So that's what the first week is about. It's getting present and connecting with source. Second week is connecting with yourself, with your stories, with your background um, and really knowing your goals, your limiting beliefs and how to reframe those limiting beliefs for what you desire in life. And then the third week is all about connecting with other people so we go into um, exercises of empathy and really seeing things from another person's perspective. We start with people like in our outside group, you know, like the opposite political group as you or something like that, right? And then we get a little bit more into your spouse or your sibling, someone that's really close to you and you maybe have a disagreement. So getting those relationships to be more peaceful and understanding. And, you know, when you can see something from someone else's perspective, you're a lot less likely to just be like, you're wrong, right? Because that never, ever wins someone to your side of the perspective anyway. And um, I heard a really amazing couple one time say that they never compromise. What they do is they believe that the other person is the most intelligent human being they've ever met. And if they have a different idea from them, they get really curious about why you have this idea. And the other person gets really curious about why they have that idea. And they almost never go with one of the people's idea, but they come up with something much better out of their curiosity. And so that's the course. And so I have a little promotion going on all the social medias. It's um, Instagram. I am the soul nutritionist with a little underscores. I think it's just Raina Rose and Raina Rose, the soul nutritionist on um, Facebook. But if you take a selfie with your downloaded book and right now it's free after uh, Wednesday, it ends up being like $3 and 69 cents. So it's still really cheap um, for the download. And if you just take a selfie with your downloaded copy, or if you decide to get the hardcover um, and then you tag myself and three friends and a couple of hashtags, you'll be entered to get this course for free. And the course is only $99 for three weeks. So it's really affordable. Um, But I want as many people as possible to be able to participate in that. Raina, I love the, I, I was going to mention this when you were talking about your book and that this isn't a boxed answers. And I think for us, that so much aligns with, with our philosophy and our mission of, you know, living eyes up is about, you know, a phrase we use, find your best, but you yeah. can, you can replace that best with find your silence, find your mentor, find your help, find your whatever. And that's what, for us, that's what living eyes up is. It's, it's about seeking. It's about the journey. And it's, 
and it is never ending. And, uh, that's right. That's the cool part about it. And the scary part all at once, but it's, it's, uh, you know, we have the choice to, to seek that out. So I appreciate your time today. Um, go check out your book, uh, sin tastes good, download it, take the picture tag, Raina. You'll get into that. Hopefully you'll get into the course. And, uh, yeah, like I said, thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thanks for Thanks again to Raina for joining us. Go check out her book, Sin Tastes Good. While you're at it, check us out on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we're all eyes up mindset. So just go find us. But most importantly for us, again, Jamie, we've talked about this for a few weeks, is share the content that we're putting out. Share it with somebody that you think is going to find value and to grow and to get better from this thing. And uh, do the same here yourself. And really that is the conversation with Raina today is we understand what it takes physically as athletes, or we understand what it takes financially in business. We understand these things and we know how to do it. We don't always do it well, but we know how our job mentally and what Raina calls our soul is to fill it up in similar ways with exercise physically, with you know profit margins financially, whatever it might be. How do we fill our, our mindset, our mental game, our souls with the right info, with the right stuff so that we can grow and get better every single day? And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>